Welcome to the MacArthur Memorial Podcast. Located in Norfolk, Virginia, the MacArthur Memorial is a museum and research center dedicated to the life and legacy of General of the Army Douglas MacArthur. The memorial is also dedicated to preserving and presenting the story of the millions of men and women who served with General MacArthur. Each month, the staff of the memorial will use this podcast to explore topics relating to General MacArthur and his times. The first recorded baseball game was played on June 19, 1846 in Hoboken, New Jersey. The game had evolved from older ball and bat games, and by 1856 some journalists were describing baseball as the national game of the United States. This national appeal came from the thrill of the game, something both players and fans could experience. For example, during a game, any one moment can change the outcome of a game. A team coming up to bat may be down 4-2 to two in the bottom of the fifth inning, and the next batter comes up and smacks a single up the middle, starting a rally with one swing of the bat. The momentum then builds as the next man up hits a double, and then the next batter hits a home run to put their team on top 5-4. to four. All it takes is one dramatic play, one successful swing of the bat, but even this can be fleeting. The tide can turn again when the opposing team in the top of the six steals the momentum back with their own home run to tie the game 5-all. Sport is integral to any society. The games we favor say a lot about us and what we value. Baseball is a game that champions both individualism, heroism, and the loyalty and sacrifice of teamwork. As such, like many sports, it has always been an excellent tool to communicate cross-culturally. This podcast will discuss baseball in Japan from the early years of the sport to the important role it played during the occupation of Japan. Baseball was first introduced to Japan in the early 1870s. The first interaction between Japan and the U.S. through baseball harkens back to the first international game between Icheko, the first high school, and the American residents of Yokohama in 1896. A true international exchange occurred nine years later in 1905 when the Wasada University baseball team traveled to the United States. In 1908, the Reach All-American team stopped in Japan during its world tour giving the Japanese people their first opportunity to see American professionals. It was the first time, but not the only time, Americans would come over to Japan to play against Japanese players. Over the next decades, the Japanese adopted baseball. The first known baseball team in Japan was Shimbashi Athletic Club. It was an amateur league, but through repeated contact with the U.S. professional players, by the 1930s, Japan had the beginning of its amateur professional league. On two occasions in the 1930s, two American All-Star teams came to Japan and played Japanese amateur level and college teams. When the first American All-Star team came over in 1931, there were many great players including Major League Baseball Hall of Famer Lou Gehrig, along with Frankie Frisch, Robert Marinville, Willie Kahn, Mickey Cochran, Al Simmons, Frank Lefty O'Doul, Tom Oliver, Lefty Grove, Larry French, Bruce Cunningham, George High Pockets Kelly, Ralph Shiners, Harold Rule, and John Reardon. It was a who's who of baseball. Predictably, the American All-Star teams won all of their games. This first tour was extremely important in terms of increasing Japanese interest in baseball. Significantly, it also marked Lefty O'Doul's first of many trips to Japan in later years. O'Doul would play a major role in post-war Japanese baseball by strengthening baseball ties between Japan and the United States. In 1934, another American All-Star team visited Japan. This team featured a whole new crop of players, in addition to some familiar faces from the 1931 team. There was Babe Ruth, the Bambino, the Sultan of Swat, 
the king of Crash, a superstar in the United States. Along with greats like Lou Gehrig, Lefty O'Doul again, and Charlie Geringer, Eric McNair, Jimmy Fox, Frank Hayes, Moe Berg, Edmund Miller, Earl Averill, Harold Warstlor, Vernon Gomez, Joe Cascarella, Clint Brown, and Earl Whitehill. It was another who's who of baseball. The 1934 All-Star team was similar to the 1931 team in that it defeated every Japanese team it faced. But this time there was obvious Japanese improvement. With each defeat, Japanese players and coaches had found ways to improve. Playing against the best in the world forced a maturation in skill, strategy, coaching, and management. In a game on November 20th, 1934, a 17-year-old Eiji Sawamura stepped onto the mound to pitch in the fourth inning. He struck out Geringer, Ruth, Garrick, and Fox in succession. Only a home run by Garrick in the seventh inning saved the day for the American All-Star team. The All-Star team manager was so impressed that he tried to sign Sawamura. The young man declined, saying, My problem is, I hate America, and I can't make myself like Americans. Sawamura would go on to join the first professional baseball team in Japan in 1936 and would pitch the first no-hitter in Japanese baseball. In 1934, the first professional baseball team in Japan, the Yormira Giants, was established in Tokyo. They went to America to practice and play exhibition games against the San Francisco Seals during their spring training, and the head coach of the Seals was none other than Lefty Odu, who had played in Japan in 1931 and 1934. This time, during the exhibition games, the Yormira Giants defeated the San Francisco Seals twice. Eiji Sawamura, the young pitcher who had struck out Ruth and Gehrig, pitched a gym as he only gave up three hits, struck out ten, and shut out the Seals. Sawamura's dominance over American hitters continued and proved it was not a fluke that he had struck out so many American stars during the 1934 American All-Star Tour. During the first season for the Japanese Professional Baseball League, there was no pennant winner because the seven teams in the league played tournaments against each other. But in the 1937-1938 season, there were two winners for the spring and autumn seasons, where the Giants won the spring season and the Hanshin Tigers for the autumn season. Over the years, the Yormir Giants have been the most successful professional team in Japan, winning more pennants than any other team. In the late 1930s, Japanese Professional Baseball League was on the rise. But the rise of militarism and the start of World War II would seriously impact Japanese baseball. Japanese players were drafted into the Japanese armed forces, and some militarists, uncomfortable with what was perceived as an American Western game, disapproved of the sport, finding it a distraction from the serious business of Japanese expansion and cultural superiority. In 1941, Japan attacked the United States at Pearl Harbor. President Franklin D. Roosevelt called attack a day which will live in infamy, and this day of infamy dealt a staggering blow to baseball in Japan. As Japan entered into a total resource-consuming war against the United States, baseball drifted into periphery. By 1943, as General Douglas MacArthur was performing his successful island-hopping scheme through the Pacific Theater, Eiji Sawamura, the star Japanese pitcher who had struck out some of the greatest names in American baseball, was a member of the Imperial Japanese Army. At the time, he was considered to be the best moundsman in Japan, had a good fastball, a deceptive curve, and plenty of moxie on the mound. His military service would be short. He would die when the ship he was on was torpedoed off the Ryukyu Islands, ending the career of one of Japan's most talented baseball players. In the war, Japan would lose an entire generation of young men, and with them, an entire generation of potential baseball players. After the war ended, Japan was devastated, with its infrastructure destroyed and 68 cities virtually in ruins. It was also a nation in shock. Imagine you are on a baseball team, about to win a World Series championship, 
It's the ninth inning, and the other team hits a two-run home run to win the game and championship. You were so close to victory, and then suddenly one swing of the bat changed the game. Suddenly you are startled by defeat. Japan had been losing the war in the Pacific since 1943, but few Japanese citizens were aware of this. News of Japan's surrender to the Allied powers was an incredible shock to the entire nation. Even though most of the country was in ruins, a win had still seemed possible. Now the game was lost, and the entire nation had to endure the unendurable and find a way out of the devastation. With World War II over, the United States began occupation in Japan. General MacArthur oversaw the occupation and early on identified a need to boost the morale of the Japanese people and draw them back into the community of nations. They would have to rebuild their nation on their own. There would be no Marshall Plan for Japan, and there would be war crime trials. But most saw no need to break their spirit any further. He wanted to win the peace, and he needed a vibrant, hopeful population to keep him. He needed to drive imagination something that didn't reek of militarism or violence, but that would attract crowds. Without hesitation, one man, Suno Kapiharada, suggested a rebirth of ba baseball in Japan. Kapi recalled a staff meeting with General MacArthur. In the late 1940s, the morale of the Japanese was really low. General MacArthur asked, What can we do to get the morale of the Japanese people back? I was only a first lieutenant, but I just popped up and said, I think baseball would be a wonderful thing. Why do you think baseball is important? He responded. Well, the Japanese people love baseball, and I think if we brought an American baseball team here, the Japanese people will love that, and it would really help bring the morale up. So what are you waiting for? He said. According to baseball author Robert Fitz, Cappy and General William Marquette were tasked by MacArthur's general headquarters to bring sports back to Japan. Cappy started with baseball because he played semi-pro baseball and it was his favorite sport. As part of this program, Cappy was instructed to bring back Japanese baseball players who were prisoners of war. One player he brought back was Shigeru Muzuhara, who had played for the Giants. He was able to get him released from a Soviet prison and brought back to Japan. 45,000 Japanese people welcomed Muzuhara on his return, giving a good indication that baseball was not dead in Japan and that the people would again be enthusiastic supporters of the game. In many ways, it would give the country something positive to rally around. Cappy began to build a framework to help rebuild Japanese baseball. His early efforts were rewarded. To borrow a line from Field of Dreams, if you build it, he will come. His hard work soon paid off when it was announced that the San Francisco Seals would be coming to Japan for an exhibition games. With them would be Lefty O'Doul. He was coming over as the manager of the San Francisco Seals. Before the war, Lefty had come over as a player with Lou Gehrig and Babe Ruth in 1931 and 1934, and he was well known among the Japanese people. When he landed with the Seals in Japan, there was a huge crowd to greet him. He yelled, Banzai! Banzai! But nothing happened. He commented, usually before the war, when you yelled Banzai, they would yell Banzai back. How come they don't yell Banzai? Cappy told him, that's the reason you're here, Lefty, to build up the morale so that they will yell Banzai again. Lefty accepted the challenge of getting the people of Japan to yell Banzai again, but it was a touchy subject because the Japanese kamikaze pilots would yell Banzai before crashing their planes into ships. As part of a way to demilitarize Japan, Lefty and Cappy were trying to use the word in a different context. It was time for Japan to get back to pre-World War II culture. The Japanese people needed something to cheer about to make their country whole again. The San Francisco Seals were set to play 10 exhibition games against Japanese teams. Before the first game was played against the Yormira Giants, tickets were sold out. Even General MacArthur was caught up in baseball mania. He invited Lefty and the Seals to lunch and told Lefty that American All-Star tours in Japan in the 1930s had been a huge success and that Lefty himself probably did more than any other man to promote baseball in Japan. 
It was a huge compliment from a man like General MacArthur. Lefty had been a great player and coach, but as General MacArthur hinted, his greatest legacy would be his impact on baseball in Japan. The Seals were successful in their first game against the Yormir Giants, beating the Giants 13-4. Before the game, the Japanese flag and the American flag were raised together for the first time after the war. This act drew criticism, but General MacArthur gave Cappy permission to do this. Cappy later said that the most significant thing he contributed to the Japanese morale was arranging to have the Japanese flag raised and anthem played at the same time. Following the flag raising, General MacArthur's wife, Jean MacArthur, threw out the first pitch and stayed for the rest of the game despite the bad weather. 48,000 other fans also braved the weather and remained in the stands for the game. Despite the fact that the Giants lost, the Japanese fans were thrilled by the game. The next game the Seals played was against the American Far East Air Force baseball team. The Seals crushed this team 12 to nothing and in their next contest took on the Japanese All East team. The Seals won 4 to nothing and a total of 60,000 fans waited 12 hours to see the game. The most impressive stat from the game did not come from the Seals but from the Japanese All East team White Russian pitcher Victor Starfin started and held the Seals scoreless for four innings, and only gave up two hits. In addition to all of their games the Seals were playing, there was an unexpected game set up for a good cause. Lefty suggested for a children's only game because of the warm welcome he received and upon his team's arrival to Japan. According to Lefty, thousands of kids lined the route from the airdrome, waving flags and shouting at the players as they passed by. These kids are the future diplomats, businessmen, politicians, industrialists, bankers, and teachers of Japan. They are also the reservoir from which will come the future baseball players and sports celebrities of this nation. I wanted to stage a contest that would be their game with all the facilities dedicated to giving them one afternoon of baseball all to themselves. This sort of baseball diplomacy would have an enormous impact on Japanese-American relations. The game was played well by both teams, and what a game it was. The Seals ended up with a 4-2 victory, but in 13 innings, and it was an extraordinary game that 50,000 children came out and watched the game. The second-to-last game of the exhibition tour was probably the most exciting. Mrs. MacArthur's and General MacArthur's son Arthur later said it was the best game of the tour because the Seals won the game in the last inning by a home run from Richard Steinauer in front of a crowd of 80,000 fans. The Seals tour was a success. The Seals won all of their games except one and donated 2 million yen to the Japanese Society for Crippled Children. The president of the society, Kenji Tagahi, wrote a letter thanking MacArthur and in it he gave a special thanks to General Marquette and Capihirata. The Japanese Society for Crippled Children has received a share of 2 million yen from the donations made by the generosity of the San Francisco Seals. This is really a great encouragement for all the patients of infantile paralysis in our country. I express my heartfelt thanks for your kind offices. The SEALs tour was not just about baseball. It was about how to rebuild a nation. MacArthur also received a letter from the SEALs owner, Paul Hagen, to thank you ever so much for all you did for the SEALs and myself during our tour of Japan. Each and every one of us was tremendously impressed with the wonderful progress that has been accomplished and the real friendship that exists between the Japanese people and Americans, due of course to your inspiring leadership. Even the owner of the SEALs was grateful for how his team was treated over in Japan. He credited General Mark Arthur's leadership with improving the relationship between Japan and the United States. The countries remain strong allies today, and the baseball connection remains strong as well with many players from Japan in the major leagues over in the U.S. American players who have played in Japan and players not Japanese descent who have played in Japan and then gone on to play in the major leagues in the U.S. Baseball not only helped revive Japan, but it helped establish a better relationship between the United States and Japan. It started with a Japanese love of baseball and later combined with American support for baseball in Japan 
and ended with a successful Japan, both in the community of nations and on the baseball field. In many ways, baseball was a truly unique diplomatic tool, proving that sport can heal wounds and help win the peace in the aftermath of war and destruction. Thank you for listening. We look forward to continuing this dialogue with you. If you have any questions, comments, or suggestions, please feel free to contact Amanda Williams at amanda.williams at norfolk.gov. Oh!